folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ujimbo fan podcast. My name's Ed Moore, I'm the host. We are a spoiler podcast. The stories uh, that I talk about, I talk about at a little bit of length, uh, you know, at least enough to talk about what's going on, who's involved, uh, the artwork, my thoughts, things like that. So wanna want to make everybody up front aware of that. The story today is the Silk Fair from Usagi Ojimbo Volume 1, Issue 5 from Fanographics, published in January of 1988. Now the main characters in uh, in this tale are Mayamoto Usagi, who of course we've been following throughout the show, uh, Jiro and his family, Keiko, at least I believe that's how you pronounce it, and Matsutaro. Keiko is a uh, businessman, and Matsutaro is the or a samurai that he has hired uh, for his to to protect him. And we'll get into that a little bit more as we as we get into it here. Story opens with Usagi continuing his journeys. Um, at this point, we're not really sure where to. At one point, he was working to get his way back home. Um, and he did that, so now I'm not sure. He Maybe he's heading to the capital city. Um, I have seen snippets, uh, interviews and whatnot, that that was a, a big part of his journey, but I don't know if that's where he's going now or will be. I'm not sure. He's just wandering right now, I guess. doesn't really matter where a, a wandering samurai is, uh, who and what he is, masterless samurai at that. So anyways, he... Uh, he comes upon a uh, a group of brigands laying it to just a, a, a common person. Not really sure why, um, but Usagi knows that they have ganged up and, and you know they're they're being unfair about it. So he pulls out his sword and attacks the brigands. Now, to me that's kind of presumptuous. We don't really know what's going on. You know, who's to say that this dude didn't already try to kill one of them and they were, you know, we don't really know. But Usagi jumps in and starts waylaying people and dispatches a couple. Uh, actually, I guess there were just three brigands. He dispatches two of them and a third runs off. And at that point, he starts addressing the uh, the common person that turns out to be an old man. Looks like maybe an old bear of some sort and uh, asks him if he's okay, and the, the man is, you know, stunned and, and not too steady, but he indicates that, yeah, he, he thinks he's in good shape. Mayamoto uh, Usagi offers his name, and uh, the gentleman responds that his name is Jiro, and he is a worker for the Keiko Silkworks. So uh, that, you know, Usagi kind of perks up, oh, well, does that mean that there's a uh, town or village nearby, he asks, and the the uh, Jiro says, "Yes, as a matter of fact, there is. It's uh, just down this way. Uh, I need to head home, anyways, and let everyone know I'm okay. Plus, I need to tell the the leaders in the town that I ran into these brigands because I think that they're part of a larger group that has been pillaging the area, and I need to go back in time and and tell them that there is uh, that they're in our area. Will you escort me there?" And uh, Usagi responds uh, affirmatively. He uh, accompanies Jiro to the village. And as they enter the village, Usagi notices a 
young female hanging some hangings out uh, perhaps to dry to air uh, whatever he remarks now see I thought this was curious he remarks beautiful but he could very well be talking to the female as well as to what we find out is the silk that she is hanging we don't really know but um, after it gets Usagi's attention uh, Jiro fills him in that yes you know we we do produce some of the best silk anywhere here in our village we're very proud of that and as a matter of fact I work for the silk works and um, well, we need to we need to go talk to them now so I can let him know about the bandits so Jiro and Usagi uh, proceed they talk to Kiko-san who berates Jiro for almost getting himself hurt to the extent that he's not able to work and fulfill his obligation as a worker, which of course puts Usagi off quite a bit. Usagi mentions something about uh, perhaps the town needing assistance to fight to protect themselves against the, the bandits, the brigands that are in the area, and Kiko immediately jumps up and says that that is why he has hired Matsutaro and that he has things well in hand because um, this man is the best. I'm paying him one Ryo to do his work. So that obviously means that he's the best if he's drawing that much that much wage. And Usagi questions just one and Matsutaro, Matsutaro defends himself saying yes that and the room and board of course that's that's not covered that is free and then the factory owner Keiko jumps up and says you know he's not a deadbeat like you are this is an honorable samurai he's not wandering around looking for jobs like you and Matsutaro somewhere in this discussion decides that he is going to warn Usagi off and he begins to pull a sword asking if uh, Usagi has any problems with he uh, Masutaro being there and Usagi says well no you know no of course not and Kiko demands that they both leave so they do and as they proceed to Jiro's house uh, Jiro asks Usagi you know if he would like to to stay there's not really any inns or anything like that in the village but you know he's welcome to stay at his house and he apologizes for the way that Usagi was received by Keiko Usagi does take him up on his offer and when they arrive at the home we see that it is a very full happy home and that his wife um, is of the same animal nature that he is whatever kind of animal it is and all the kids look like that too and I just thought that was that was funny that everyone exhibited very very similar traits and you could see that they were all one big happy family so they proceed to uh, to have dinner that the wife has ready for them and Usagi uh, Jiro and Usagi are talking about the fortunes of the silk trade and and the local economy and everything and Usagi mentions well things should be perking up soon because I know that the silk fair is about to open and Jiro says well you know that doesn't matter anything like that all the merchants and the owners get the money the workers don't make any more money from that than we normally do and he uh, the Jiro indicates that you know as a matter of fact this man uh, that I work for 
Keiko is so tight that if I could, I would just take my family up and move to another silk factory. But I don't know that we could get past the bandits right now that are out there. And so, you know, I guess we'll just have to stay here in the village. So he and Usagi continue talking and the, the kids, uh, Jiro's kids, take a particular shine to Usagi and ask Usagi to show how good he is with the sword. And he uses the sword and cuts a candle and in the backing rice paper behind it that is used to throw the light forward, cuts both of those into and partially splits the stand that the candle is on, all with one swipe of the sword. Now, the way that Mr. Sakai drew the swipe, it doesn't necessarily look like it's an overhand. You can't see Usagi. You just see the candle, basically, and the air movement to indicate, you know, something has, has passed by. But to me, it looks almost like a, a parabola in front of the candle. But it was enough to like I say, split everything and, and halfway down the holder itself as well. All the kids just are, are ecstatic about having seen that, and they're jumping up and down. We see that Usagi actually blushes a little bit because of the positive response, the adulation, I guess, he, he uh, has for his ability, his technique. So later on that night, um, Jiro puts the kids to bed, and Jiro's wife notices that Usagi's uh, tunic is torn and looking back we see that in a couple of places here where Mr. Sakai set that up and she offers to patch it with a a piece of scrap silk. Um, I think that what that is is an opportunity for him to set something else up further in the story now that I think about it. She indicates um, Usagi says well you know no no that's not necessary I can I can get it mended she said, no, we, we have plenty of silk and all the needles we could ever need. Um, you know, it's what we do here. Let me fix it. And I think that was kind of the lead in the setup for Usagi using those needles a little bit later on. So the next day, Usagi's wandering and runs across Matsutaro at a, uh, at a little restaurant here. I guess they do have an inn because apparently that's where Matsutaro's been staying. And they um, discuss samurai matters, as it were, what, what both of them are doing there. You know, they briefly exchange tales. And um, Usagi lets Matsuharu know that, um, well, with the silk fair coming up, you know, of course there's going to be more bandits here. So I guess it kind of makes sense that there's this big troop of bandits in the area. You know, I, it, it's a good thing that you're here to protect these kind people in the the silk factory because I'm sure they're going to need it. During this discussion you, you see that Matsutaro's becoming uncomfortable um, and then a, a couple things kind of bring that to a head. One, Usagi says that yes, uh, as a matter of fact, the fair starts tomorrow and right after he kind of announces that one of the villagers goes running through the town screaming that the brigands are coming, the bandits are there. So. Matsutaro all of a sudden asks the waiter there if there's a back way out the door, uh, out out of the restaurant, and runs out and away. The um, As Usagi's sitting there, he's sitting smugly, drinking some probably sake here, and he's counting down to himself, five, four, three, two, one, 
now. And just as he says that, uh, Keiko arrives, exclaiming, asking where Mesotaro is, because the brigands are coming, and now is exactly what he paid him for. This is exactly when he needs him, and he needs him right now. And Usagi says, well, the last I saw him, he was running away down the road. Keiko just loses his mind. You know, what, he's run away. I, I have no protection. There's there's nothing I can do now. These bandits are going to be coming. And as uh, Keiko and Usagi are discussing this, they are leaving the inn, walking down the street, uh, walking towards, uh, now we see a bell tower. And as they're they're discussing now, uh, they discussing business. Um, it is turned to because Keiko is attempting to hire Usagi, and Usagi is is playing it off, uh, jacking up the price from the one Ryo. Uh, he passes ten, twenty-five, thirty. Ryo saying that n no, none of those are enough, and he finally offers two hundred. And the the Keiko just says, you know, no, absolutely not. I, I could never, I would never pay that much. And he asks, well, is, uh, is, is that all? If that's all you want, I can give that to you. Nusagi thinks for a minute and says, well, as a matter of fact, no, that's not all I want. What I want you to do is to take that 200 Ryu and distribute it to the workers. And the guy is just even more flabbergasted. He says that's four times what he actually will end up paying everyone. Usagi's like, well, fine, you know, do do whatever you want to. I hope everything works out for you, okay? And then, finally, Keiko agrees, and um, we then see that Usagi is waiting for the bandits out in the woods somewhere leading up on the, on the path trail, leading up to the village now. The bandits are surprised that there's a samurai sitting there waiting for them. Uh, actually one of the bandits recognizes this samurai as the one that killed two of the other members of the, the bandit group, and he was barely able to hold him off until the samurai left, and that's that's why he recognizes him, being the bandit that ran away. Um, at the beginning of the story, when Usagi encountered the three of them harassing Jiro, a fight ensues. Uh, we see... Usagi outnumbered uh, eight to one here, it looks like. Uh, but slowly but surely, he starts to whittle things away. We see another death head here pop up. We've been seeing those a little, little more often now, so maybe maybe they're on the road to becoming a uh, regular thing. Finding that they're not able to make any headway against uh, Usagi because there's so many of them, somebody gets the idea of getting off the path and circling around through the woods there and coming back around behind Usagi. But as soon as some of them turn and, and leave the path, they find that they have stepped on sewing needles. And those were the needles that were alluded to by the young lady who said they had, the village had plenty of them. So Usagi quickly dispatches them and then runs back uh, towards the village, drawing the remaining bandits with him. Well, when they get to a, uh, a particular point in the path, they're suddenly covered with silk streamers and get all tied and tangled up and Jiro and the other villagers drop out of the trees and finish securing the bandits and so now they have tied up the entire bandit troop clan group whatever you want to call them and they march everyone off back towards the village 
we see that Usagi has stayed in the village a couple days because later, after the Silk Fair, or perhaps during the Silk Fair, not really sure, but he refers to the Silk Fair, and he's talking to Jiro about how big a success it's been. Jiro says, yeah, as, as a matter of fact, it's been very successful for all of us. They briefly talk about how Keiko is upset because Matsutaro ran off uh, after having been paid in advance. Didn't do anything, just took dude's money and ran. Uh, Usagi asks what he's going to do, uh, Jiro, with his portion of the, the 200 Ryo that was given to the workers and split up. And Jiro says, well, actually... All of us in the factory are getting together and we're pooling our money and we're going to open our own silk mill. And he figures that before next year when the next silk fair runs around, they'll be able to outproduce Keiko because all the workers will be in their own factory and they'll be able to put him out of business, have their own factory, make money, and uh, Im improve their lot. And uh, Usagi laughs at that as, as a kind of a, well, that's, that's what he gets kind of laugh. Um... I did mention the uh, the sandals, uh, or well, the, the needles. The needles were effective because of the sandals they were wearing. The um, bandits were wearing the Uraji sandals, as opposed to the the geta that Usagi was wearing. Uh, the Uraji sandals are a rope and straw kind of sandal, whereas the geta are, are the elevated wooden, um, more like clogs or sandals that. Both of these were pretty commonly known and used. It, it just so happens that um, this, this isn't the first time that it's been referred to about Usagi wearing those. The um, climbing up on the bell tower to conceivably watch the ensuing massacre and everything like that, I believe, um, I'm not sure any other reason why that would be done uh, other than included by Mr. Sakai as an homage to uh, the movie Yojimbo, because that's the exact same thing he did. One difference, though, is that this bell tower is like four or five times taller than any structure in the village. In the movie, if I, if I recall correctly, it was maybe only as high as the tallest of the buildings there. It was only 10 or 12 feet high. This one looks to be 20 or 30 feet up in the air. I don't know why in the world it would need to be that high, but that's how it was drawn. Okay, um, I think that's that's everything that I picked up in this. Um, if there's something in this story uh, that I, I, you know, missed or slighted in some way, please, somebody leave me some feedback and I'll, I'll make the correction next episode. I would, you know, I would be interested to know of anything that I might have missed that, that should have been uh, forefront to me and, and wasn't that I, I glossed over. Meanwhile, next episode, uh, we'll talk about The Tower, which is the story that is in Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 1, Issue 7, published in March 1988 from Fantagraphics. I do want to thank Mr. Coward for his assistance behind the scene posting the podcast and helping maintain the website. Definitely appreciate that, Derek. Uh, in order to get in touch with us, uh, you need some, some contact information. You can email us at uh, usagipodcast at gmail.com. That's one word, usagipodcast. I, I keep saying us like it's some kind of royal us or something. I, I don't know why I'm doing that. It's it's me. Um, the website for the show is thereaderfeed.com. Uh, there's uh, the potential to leave comments uh, affiliated with the different podcast files there. The Usagi Yojimbo 
Dojo on Facebook has been kind enough to allow me to post notifications of the podcasts on their Facebook page, so you can find notices there. Ronan Rabbit does have a page on Google+. And if uh, if someone would be so kind as to leave an iTunes review, I would appreciate it. It helps other folks find the Ronin Rabbit whenever they're doing a uh, a search for podcasts about Usagi. And uh, it would kind of reaffirm to me that there are folks out there listening. Every now and then, that's just cool to get. I do want to thank you guys. And um, hopefully episode 19 will be out here in the next couple weeks. I'll talk to you guys then.